Smarties, today we are re-airing an episode that comes up a lot with parents and their learners. Today we dig into why learners lie. A lot of learners lie, so we get curious as to why they are doing it. Stay tuned for next week when we talk about what to do about it. If you are interested in educational therapy for you or your learner, you can sign up for a phone call at my practice, myedtherapist.com, or Rachel's practice at capedtherapy.com. That's K-A-P-P, edtherapy.com. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 172 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap, And today we're talking about lying. Lying is such an ugly word, Steph. It is, but it's a thing. It 100% is a thing, but when I'm talking to parents, I like to soften it because it has such a negative connotation. So I'll be like learners who struggle to tell the truth (laughs) or they're not accurate reporters. Accurate reporters. I love that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And this is a long overdue episode for us. It comes up often. Yes. And we really wanted to talk about why it's happening because- As we always say, we think learners who can will, and when they don't, there's a reason behind it. So this is why we really wanted to talk about what's going on. Like, let's get a little deeper first before we figure out how to handle it. So we're really encouraging you with this episode to take a step back, try to ask some questions, and find out what is really going on. So here are some reasons. And I will say this from personal experience, and you know this stuff, the one thing that a client can do to really anger me is to not tell me the truth about something. Yeah, 100%. Because I always figure it out. Yeah. It's literally one of the things that I tell them when we first start. I'm like, everything goes between us, except don't lie to me about what's going on. Because if you lie to me and I figure it out, that's a big problem for us. But if you tell me the truth... And we work it out together, it's usually not that big of a deal. The lie is always bigger than... The offense. Yeah, exactly. The lie is bigger than the offense. But also, the lie might start out harmless, and then it becomes something big. Yes. And it's very hard to not take it personally. But also, when you're the clinician coming into a dynamic where the kid already has a history of not being an accurate reporter. First of all, it's something that upsets parents. It upsets me as the clinician, but there's already a pattern and a history that's going on before you've even entered the picture. And we're going to talk a lot in future episodes too about how to manage it. But I'm just acknowledging that this is a hard one for the adults and the helpers on the team. For sure. So the first reason that learners lie or don't tell the truth, is because something is hard. Yeah. Thinking back to when I was a kid and I lied about something to my mother, I lied about putting rubber bands on my braces. Uh Uh-huh. She caught me. Uh Uh-huh. And why didn't I do it? Because it hurt so much. And I was in tears. It was so painful. And we still talk about it to this day. It was one of those few times that I lied and she caught me 
And it was because it was hard. It hurt. Not because I didn't want to do it. Like I didn't want to listen to my mom. That wasn't where I was coming from. I was coming from a place of like, this hurts and pain. What do we shy away from? Pain. So I didn't want to do it. So this could be anything from my braces example to literally an assignment. It's going to be both inside of school and outside of school. What is painful? Yep. The next reason why learners lie is because of shame and embarrassment. Yeah. If that's the origin of the lie, our punitive reaction to lying sort of validates the reason that they lied in the first place. It does. And I want to think about, okay, there's embarrassment, but let's think about shame a little bit because I think we don't talk about shame enough and what it looks like. Because avoidant behavior, kids might not be able to tell you it feels shameful. Like they don't have that language yet. And yeah, they might be embarrassed and they might be able to vocalize that. But the shame of when you're comparing yourself to a sibling or your classmates or, you know, everyone saying you should have understood this and you don't, that's shameful. And that gets carried into adulthood. Right? There's things that like you have shame about, I'm sure, from your childhood that you have overcome or it's still there. Mm-hmm. So another reason why learners don't tell the truth is because they didn't understand. So they may think they understood and they didn't. Or they are just trying to figure it out and do the best they can. And that can be with an assignment with instructions That can be you telling them to do something and they just didn't quite understand. And here's the thing I want everyone to just remember, because I know this is true for me too. You don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So if you think you understand and then someone tells you differently, that also brings up some shame that you didn't understand when you were expected to understand. So have a compassionate heart. If they really didn't understand. I mean, some kids might use that as an excuse. So what I'm saying is fish it out if they're using that as the I didn't understand because that's a crutch because it was hard. But there's also some kids that honestly don't understand what's being asked of them. Well said. Another reason that learners will lie is simply a lack of impulse control. Yeah. And then they've said it. Now they're in it. And it's too late. Yeah. And, you know, that could be anything from like when you ask your child to get off a video game and they said they have, but they're still playing. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right. Okay, I'm getting off. I'm getting off. And they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just that one more game, one more thing. And remember, when we talked about in the last episode about their landing pads of their satiability, they're not getting satiated enough. So the impulse control to get more so they feel satiated is a real thing. So Steph is referencing back to episode 171, where we talk with Dr. Julie Kaplan about how ADHD manifests. Well, if you haven't listened to that episode, we'll link it in the show notes for this episode, but also you can just scroll back one. So there's that. (laughs) There's that. This is one that I come up against a lot with my learners with ADHD. And this is something like I come to you about. I'm like, okay, talk me off the ledge of this. It's hard. 
This is a trend that my team and I have absolutely noticed with the population that we work with. At CAP Educational Therapy Group, we specialize in learners with ADHD and executive functioning issues. And they have a deep denial or they thought they had actually done something or had it, or they had a little plan that they were going to follow through with something and then didn't. I can't tell you how many kids I've had who have literally said to me, Rachel, I really thought I had done it. Yeah. Like I really, really thought, and that's why we have to check and double check because even with my kids who are working on this and they know that like they can lie to themselves about it. And that's something that parents don't often see is like, I'm thinking of a couple of clients in particular they're like, no, I did it. I turned it in and we go and check and it's not there. And in those instances, because we know we're working on like their level of awareness or I'm literally teaching them, okay, you can't trust that initial thought. Yeah. And we have to go check. It's so true because one of the things that I tend to do is not ask, did you do it? But more of a, let's check to see if you did it. Or let's check to see when you turned it in. Mm -hmm. And I'm really encouraging you guys as parents to be mindful of your wording and intentional because Mm -hmm. you don't want to trap them in a lie that then becomes a big thing when they actually thought that they did. Mm -hmm. And their brain is tricking them. So they're not doing things intentionally. See if you can frame it so that you guys can work together. I'm excited. We're going to be interviewing a client of mine at some point, the episode will be coming out. One of the things that I love so much about that family dynamic, and we'll talk about it on the episode, and the way her parents respond to her Mm -hmm. really allows for growth. She knows there's going to be consequences, but she's not scared. Yeah. Yeah, which is admirable. It really honestly is. I can't tell you how many times I talk to these parents and I'm like, you guys are so great. You guys are just, you're really great parents for her. And they profoundly understand her and relate to her. But we'll talk about that more in that episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What's the next reason? The next reason is perfectionism. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm just putting that out there. As am I. I struggle with it on the daily. We help each other with this. A hundred percent. I can't tell you how many times one of us will say our 50% is somebody else's 120%. So like we have to remind ourselves, right? Yeah, it's so true. So perfectionism. Okay, now let's be clear that perfectionism is a form of anxiety. Mm -hmm. When you want to do it right and you want to please and you want to be able to do the things that are being asked of you perfectly every time. And we've talked a lot about this, but I think... The fear of not being able to get it right or not doing it right the first time, that is overpowering anything else. Remember that if you have a perfectionistic child or you're a perfectionist yourself, what that might feel like when you're talking to your child. And the last one, Rach? The final reason that we've come up with, at least for today, is fear of the truth. And this is a lot of the previous things that we've talked about, but... Learners, especially if they're perfectionistic, especially if they're still trying to please, and that's absolutely something we're going to talk about in part two of this episode, which will come out in a few weeks about maintaining that desire to please and why it's so important to cultivate that early on. But if they're fearful of the truth and of the reaction of the truth and of the shame and embarrassment 
that comes along with it, lying makes sense. And here's the other thing that we haven't really said. Lying is developmentally appropriate. It's hard, but there comes a point where children experiment with it, as they should. We tell them, be a truth teller. You can always tell mommy and daddy the truth, you know, when they're little. And they do for the most part. Like my best friend's son will come home and I didn't have a good day. And she goes, well, what happened? And he doesn't want to tell her. Not that there's a big reaction. He's reporting his day, right? And he goes, just call my teacher. (laughs) And so she'll call the teacher. (laughs) And it's usually a very minor infraction. Uh But, I mean, he's communicating about it, gives them an opportunity to talk about it. And there isn't shame or embarrassment. In fact, we usually laugh because it's usually because he's, like, cursed or something in class, which is totally the fault of all the... uh, But he's a really funny kid. He's a funny kid, and he uses it appropriately. He's really (laughs) smart, too. That's the other thing. So he's funny (laughs) and really smart, so... So mm. this is what happens when you have a lot of mommy and daddy's friends around and you don't uh, screen your language in front of him. And it's been like that since day one. It's very funny. Yeah. So it's hard for all of us not to laugh, but we don't want it to impact him socially. That's the big concern. Yeah. And it doesn't tend to, but it's just the reaction from the parent or the adult or us as the clinician is so critical. And I will be the first to admit that when my clients who I'm deeply connected with have not told me the truth, I take it very personally, but I own that I'm taking it personally with them, like in the moment. Yeah. And then I ask for some time to process it. And that's really critical in terms of modeling that you don't have to be okay with what's happened. Mm Mm-hmm. But you need to come back and like resolve the problem. And there's been times where I need to take a minute. Let's end the session now. Let's do another 20 minutes tomorrow. So I've had time to process this. And you've had time to think about it too. Yeah. That sort of reparative process that adults should be having with kids. We should be apologizing. We should be modeling. We should be showing them. It takes me sometimes a day to figure out what I think about stuff, especially when it's emotionally charged for me. It's important. Yeah, I just want to say like this whole thing about lying and not telling the truth is really about let's take a step back. Let's try not to take it personally and figure out the why. We're going to talk more about this in episode 175, mm-hmm. a little preview of what's to come. Mm-hmm. But until then, we would love to hear from you guys and what you think about this. Did it resonate with you? And have a great week. Have a great week, Smarties. Smarties.